Hey friends, welcome to the You Are You podcast. My name is Jenny Lien, and I'm the writer and artist behind The Yay Project. Come join in as we encourage each other to celebrate our God-given design, pursue our kingdom calling, and most of all, love God 100%. Can't wait to praise God with you. So when I went to your dinner, I didn't know that much about the topic, and so I was wondering what you how you would present it to someone who's quite new to knowing about trafficking yeah i usually just share my um, personal experiences as a journalist and that um, i talk about my entry point and that was uh, meeting kim sun Duk. she was 83 um, a, a south korean woman who was enslaved and uh, forced into uh, Japanese military prostitution uh, during the war, actually before and during World War II. And, um, and my um, meeting with her was very powerful. It was a watershed in my life and it, it changed my life, basically. It changed the trajectory of my life and my career. And I began to dedicate myself to um, researching uh, more and interviewing the survivors of Japanese military sex slavery. And the reason why is because um, there were around 200,000 to 400,000 of these girls and women all over the Asia Pacific. So there were Chinese, Korean women, Dutch, um, Papua New Guinea, Malaysian, Singaporean, I mean, you name it, all over the Asia Pacific. And even in mainland China, there were uh, over 1,000 of these military comfort stations where girls and women were raped by up to 50, 60 Japanese soldiers a day in, in what looked like an outdoor toilet stall, except these girls were uh, on a flimsy bed. And there were lineups um, some survivors talked about that were so long of these Japanese men with their pants down. And um, it's it's the unspeakable. And so Kim Sundok, when I met her in Washington, D.C., she was calling on the U.S. government to give a sincere healing apology um, to survivors and their families of Japanese war crimes and Japanese military sex slavery. And they, the Japanese government hadn't given um, an apology that satisfied the survivors and their family. And um, so I talk about the historical, what happened in history, and just about every Asian person in the Asia Pacific knows about this form of, of wartime slavery by the Japanese military. And interestingly, when I talk about modern slavery first, some of them may not understand. But then when I say, yeah, you know, the comfort woman, the Japanese military sex slavery victims are like, ding, 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 this light bulb goes up mm-hmm. and they they get it they get it and so these two issues are so intertwined because what happened in history with the wartime sex slavery system sanctioned and implemented by the Japanese government and the Japanese military is repeating itself in the modern day comfort women the modern day sex trafficking that I've witnessed and um I 
I was very shocked by the similarities when I was interviewing uh, this uh, survivor of bride trafficking. She was a teenager. She was 14 when her elderly husband, she was sold to this elderly farmer in the countryside by her friend's auntie. And he chained her up like a dog, just like the woman in Suzhou who was chained and is the mother of eight and is mentally ill and was in freezing temperatures. And um, this survivor I interviewed, Mei Li, um, she told me that she was deceived, she was tricked, she was forced. And I was thinking, this is just like the, um, the Japanese wartime sex slaves known by the, the terrible euphemism, comfort women, because their sole role was to comfort the Japanese soldiers. And um, I, yeah, it just broke my heart that, wow, the same tactics of deception, coercion, of uh, even racial discrimination, mm -hmm. because the Japanese military um, viewed Korean and Chinese women and other darker skinned women as inferior. And even today, um, you know, when Vietnamese women or North Korean women are trafficked into, um, you know, mainland China and other countries, they're viewed as lesser than, right? And, um, and in a, uh, when I was walking in a red light district in Hong Kong and I saw this sign that had a breakdown of the prices of women that you can buy for sex. And at the top, the most expensive were the Russian women. It literally said Russian and it was the highest, then Chinese, then it was Thai, then it was African. And um, it, is, it is such an egregious thing. Um, you know, just the worst of humanity, like sexual exploitation, abuse, racial discrimination, all, you know, mixed up together. And um, so I sometimes will say this, that uh, sex trafficking is domestic violence on crack cocaine. Mm. That, that it's, it's just the worst form of domestic violence. Yeah. And uh, uh, if, if people can understand, but most people uh, immediately get it, immediately understand that it's so repugnant. Mm. And how could this be? We had transatlantic slavery you know, um, many, many, many years ago, and people thought it was abolished, right? And, uh, but it, it's still this ancient form of slavery still exists in our modern day and age. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, yeah, one of the chapters in your book is like solely on Hong Kong and how, you know, people living in Hong Kong right now may not understand that when we go to places like Wen Chai, a lot of the women that are there are not there at their own will. And then I've heard about things like, um, you know, like the Super Bowl is apparently one of the biggest meetups, I guess, for, for, for trafficking to happen or, or for people who are trafficked to, to be there and be exploited and how most major cities have prostitution that is like just below the surface of what people see. And I think something that's really beautiful about your book too is, is addressing and acknowledging the evil, but also how God still loves every person. And so mm -hmm. as, as humans, as Christians, we are not to you know, look down upon another, but to try and see them with God's eyes, even if they are 
pimps, even if they are traffickers, especially if they are victims. And sometimes it can be easier to ignore because it's uncomfortable. Maybe it hits too close to home or for, for whatever reason. And so just as like modern women who, um, you know, like we all choose how to spend our time. Like, do you have suggestions on how we can, um, you know, whether it's this area or another area, how can we go to God and ask him to, yeah, just really lead us in not shying away when we see evil, but actively praying and, and interceding for what, for the evil that we see. Yeah, no, I liked what you said about, um, uh, seeing even the pimps and the perpetrators and the former Japanese soldiers who raped and used um, military sex slaves during the war, World War II. Um, I wanted to uh, write about hope so that it wasn't just this bleak, dark um, book of stories, but I, I couch it all in, in hope with joy and um but prayer can move mountains mm -hmm. and that's my core belief that's my core value and um i will always pray i will always pray for everything and for people and i just want to recommend that um for those who don't know how to pray read an article you know you can google articles on sex trafficking and you can pray for rescue you know, pray, pray for the girls to get hope. Uh, pray for them as if it was your own sister or your own mother, your daughter. And when we have that heart, because God loves each of us with this everlasting, unconditional love. And when we get his heart, then we can pray. Then we can pray and uh, with love and, um, and see a difference made. So I think that's key. So my, my husband, Matt Friedman has often asked, yeah, what if it was, you know, if it was your daughter, if it was your sister, if it was your mom, you would do everything in your power to help and rescue that person. And um, so I, I believe that we, we cannot view these victims and these survivors as someone out there, a statistic. Um, you know, we have to see them as someone who's loved, loved by God. They're made in God's image. All of us are. And um, so I, I just urge people to, to pray. And um, even if you don't know how to pray, pray for them as if you know them or they're your family member. And that, that will shift things in, in how, um, you know, we, we intercede for them. Yeah. And what you, when you were speaking, it reminded me of, you know, God also can speak to us through our thoughts. And sometimes before I pray, I'll ask God to like anoint my thoughts, like show me how you want me to pray. And then earlier we were speaking, I don't know if it was in this interview or before, but how like we get to do with God, like ultimately whatever evil, it's not our responsibility. God's already, you know, Jesus already, <laughs> he's already run the war but we get to do with him and learn with him and be guided by him. And that's like such a beautiful way to live life in, in, in all respects. And um, yeah, so I wonder if you could close us in prayer, if you could, yeah, just pray as you um, feel led and just, yeah, bless us with the ability to surrender more to God and yeah. 
Well, I will, I will definitely pray uh, for a movement of women, an Esther movement, which I uh, really believe is bubbling up in Hong Kong, in mainland China, in other parts of Asia. I'm hearing of women who are really stirred up and rising up uh, to stand for um, these victims and survivors of sex trafficking. And uh, so I really foresee a real mighty uh, women's movement in, in this part of the world. And I think it's time. And uh, so I will, I will say a prayer for that. And thank you so much, Jenny, for your uh, thoughtfulness, your wisdom and your sweetness uh, as we spoke today. It was, it was such an enjoyable experience. Thank and you. so I just, yeah, I just want to, and I'll just pray with my eyes open. Yeah. I just want to say a prayer um, for you that uh, you would take what you've heard today. And if this is something that is stirring in your heart and is part of the purpose that God has uh, for your life, I pray that you will be connected with all the right people, all the right resources and that you would uh, deeply consider doing the work of justice missions. And that's the Great Commission. And I pray for you that you will be deeply encouraged, that you would grow, that you would be plugged in to an accountability group or a home group at your church, and, um, and that you would walk in humility and love. And uh, so, yeah, in, in Jesus' name, I pray. And that that's what my book is all about. It's, it's a book of love and compassion and hope. Uh, and it's, it's, uh, it was a love letter to all the people I met, all the survivors of sex trafficking and the unspeakable Japanese military sex slavery during the war and to the frontline workers. And many of them were missionaries um, who were doing uh, amazing things beyond their human ability, uh, but they all said that it was uh, God who worked through them. Um, so thank you so much, Jenny. Thank you so much, Sylvia. Thank you for listening to the URU podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and share the episode. Let's share God's love together. For podcast updates, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow Yay Podcast on Instagram. For reflections and art, follow the.yay.project on Instagram. Sending you lots of love and let's praise God together again next time.